Watch this. You're listening to The Word on Long Beach. And now, Jackie Ray. Welcome back to The Word on Long Beach, brought to you by The Long Beach Post. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. We have one topic today that we're going to talk about in both segments, and that is the death of Mona Rodriguez. It's been all over the news, no matter where you are in the country, even though it happened in Long Beach. My mom knows about it in Denver, so it is a big deal. There was a protest that happened over the weekend, we're going to talk about that in the second segment, but Mike G., our school guy, I don't know if that's the name I should give you, but you are a school guy. guy. He's here with us now, and I just wanted to kind of pick your brain, because number one, you do cover most of our school stuff for us, and number two, I think you have a perspective that I just simply won't have, because you do have school-age children. So if somehow you don't know, Mona Rodriguez went up to the high school, Milligan, Milligan High School, and to confront a 15-year-old, there was a fight that ensued. The school officer did exactly what he was supposed to do. He came over. He broke that up. Mona and her boyfriend run off. They end up getting in the car, and then he shoots into the passenger window, and Mona is killed as a result of that. So there's a lot to go into that. So first off, I know you you covered this a little bit. Tell me your yeah. first thought when you heard about this. Well, um, I live in East Long Beach near Milliken, so... Uh, we heard about 15 cop cars go screaming past my house and I knew, okay, something is going on. Um, and it's just so weird now that news spreads via social media. Right. So the first thing, I mean, I just go on Facebook and next door or whatever, and people are talking about, there's a school shooting at Milliken. There's a somewhat running around with the guy, like all this stuff that ended up not being true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, hearing that there's a, a shooting over there, it was obviously shocking. Um, I've lived in Long Beach my whole life. I'm 37. I don't, I can't remember another case of a school safety officer shooting at someone. Right. Um, it's just an, it, I, I don't even want to say rare because I'm not sure that it's I, I don't even know the last time that it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, certainly shocking. Um, I think the video started circulating very quickly, um, which was d- very hard to watch. You know, shocking to see someone sort of uh, doing what he was doing. And then my heart was just breaking for you can hear one of the Milliken students because, mm-hmm. of course, this happened next to the school right after it got out. So there's all these students everywhere. You just hear one of the, these kids screaming because of what they'd just seen. Um, and so it's just uh, horrible and heartbreaking all the way around. And, and obviously in the world that we live in now, it's something that everyone is talking about and posting about and, you know, putting videos up and, and um, something that I think we'll be dealing with the the fallout of, you know, for a long time in Long Beach. Absolutely. I am. Um, when I first saw the video, I was I was the first thing that stood out to me, aside from the scream, the scream was gut wrenching. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Hope that child is getting some sort of therapy because you could the emotion that was in that scream was terrifying. Right. But the second thing that really resonated with me was the person who was either videoing it or standing next to the person who was videoing it heard the gunshots. And then it was almost like the screams made it register for them. Like, oh, is that a real gun? Oh, it's a real gun. gun?" Yep. Because they didn't immediately think. And I think that's one of the things that really troubled me about this situation. Like I said, to start this off, I feel like the officer handled it completely right in breaking up the fight. Right. 
My concern after that, though, is there's an 18 and a 20-something-year-old guy, and I, I now I'm seeing reports that his 16-year-old brother might have been there as well. Right. Beating up this girl. If you're the school safety officer, then your attention should be on the 15-year-old. And and perhaps if that's where your attention was focused, right. we wouldn't be in this situation now. And conversely, charges could be brought up if necessary. I don't think, to me, again, a fight is a terrible thing. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some sort of goody two-shoes. I've been in several fights in high school. Several. So, so I'm not I said gonna- <laughs> on I said on the podcast we do at the five six two we we talked about this issue and I, and I said that. I said look if if the penalty for fighting in high school or jumping someone in high school was capital punishment I wouldn't be here exactly right? I mean that's exactly. I grew up in Long Beach like it, you know so these things are horrible and you, you certainly would like to see no violence happen but yeah obviously you don't shoot at someone because they engage in that you know right. and the reality is in Long Beach. Since the high school kids have been back on campus this year, I've heard about issues of kids getting jumped and, you know, black versus brown violence at basically every campus. I mean, it's just really, really, really prevalent right now because you had everyone was sort of in their own world for a year Mm -hmm. and a half. Mm -hmm. And then let's get 3,000, 4,000 kids on a high school campus again, Mm -hmm. you know, now that school is back open. So Everyone's dealing with it. I think that the topic of debate is just going to be how how do you deal with it? Because mm-hmm. people have a right to expect that their daughter, their son is going to be able to go to school without being jumped. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. so clearly there is an issue that has to be addressed. It's just obviously you introduce a gun in this situation and it changes the conflict. Right. Absolutely. Fundamentally. So. Um, there's another school board meeting this week. I know you and I had a ton of fun. uh <laughs> At the last school board meeting we covered together. Um, but, you know, I know there's going to be protests. Um, Black Lives Matter Long Beach is protesting to remove uh, armed safety officers mm-hmm. from the LBUSD. Um, there will still be another anti-vaccine, anti-mask protest as well. So it's just uh, it's just you keep waiting to turn that corner and the world to sort of like go back to normal. Right. It's just, you know, everything's a fight. Everything is. Every time you open your phone, there's some sort of crazy news. It's just a really crazy school year so far. It is. And um, on the second segment, you guys are going to hear some of the comments from people who spoke at the protest. One of them happens to be a friend of the family of Mona's. And that was one of the things she said. She said, you know, these are kids and they've been dealing with the pandemic for practically two years. And now all of a sudden they're back in school. A lot of them aren't dealing with it well. She says that uh, Mona was bullied again. You'll hear more of that later. But her thing was, let's deal with the fact that these kids are fighting and right. let's find out why these kids are fighting. Why? Why is. And, and that's my concern. It's one of those moments. And to be honest, it was a terrible thought, but it was it was a real thought. It was I was glad in that moment that I didn't have children, because mm. if that had been my child, I, can't, I don't know. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not going to say that I would have been entirely calm in the situation. I'm not saying like I you. Especially when you think this, she has a baby. Right. And that was the thing. When I found out she had a baby, I'm like, oh, my God. It just it just seemed like it went drastically wrong. And I, I'm disappointed in the school board. And I'm just going to say that now because I feel like they, we've seen how the police get it wrong time and time again. Mm. You have an example of how not to do it. And I, when you see that tape, paid leave seems like the absolute wrong way to go. Right. Because your job is to protect the children. You had a moment in time where you could have backed away and protect the 15-year-old who 
from all, I didn't see the fight from the video, but from what everyone is describing, it sounded like she got jumped. Yeah. So who knows what state she's physically in. And if your job is to protect the students, that's what you have done. Well, in the fight, done. you know, we reported it here, but it, it was, I had a couple of friends who witnessed the fight. I mean, they're, they're, they're fighting in the street. Mm. You know, I mean, it was a pretty serious, um, serious incident, obviously. So, yeah, Good, right. that's a That's a great point. So, like I said, I've been in several, and I've been on the receiving end of said jumping. Sure. And, yeah. Um, so. Where 10 seconds feels like an hour and a half. It, yes. Absolutely. 100%. And you're, that's a perfect way to describe it because all in all, the, the one time I got jumped in my school, I probably got hit twice. But I felt like I get, got hit a million times. Right. <laughs> so I was mentally distraught. Thank God I had a quick on the draw principal yeah. who saw the whole thing. And he came to my rescue as well as our school safety officer. And to be honest, those kids weren't caught until maybe an hour later because the focus was me. Right, Are you okay? Right, right. Let's yeah. make sure we get you home. You got to go sit in the office. We got to call your parents. I'm like, no, I'm going to walk home. They're like, absolutely not. Because right. we don't know where these kids are right now. It was about keeping the person who was on the receiving end of that safe. And I think that was handled the right way. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very disappointed about how they're dealing with this. And I, I know it, it can't be conjecture, but they're there to protect the kids. So when you have kids, you have school age kids and you, right. and, and you see something like this, does it make you take a pause a little bit? Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, my wife teaches at, um, my wife teaches at Poly, which is the, you know, the largest of the high schools. Um, they've had, I've heard from the campus security assistants who work there as well as teachers and administrators, like they're having the same problems that all the other high schools are. Um, there was a video that circulated widely from Cabrillo of, um, a black girl getting jumped by boys. Um, I mean, this, it's been an ongoing, struggle and i'm happy that my kids are young i mean mm -hmm. i have kids in elementary school at the moment so um we're actually dealing with an elementary school there's like a, a a third grade argument about whether the kickball courts are for kickball or one touch right like right. i'm happy to be operating on that level <laughs> of mm -hmm. stuff right now but um as a sports writer in long beach i mean i've had very long conversations with a number of kids that we cover um about you know, there's real fear and concern from these kids right now. Um, and I think that is what, if the debate plays out publicly, which I hope that it does, because I think that honest dialogue and open dialogue is always the way forward out of these things. The tension is between parents who want more security mm. and also a very understandable activist impulse to remove armed security from the equation. So mm -hmm. most of the security on campuses is unarmed. The, the people who actually work on the campuses, um, they're trained in de-escalation. They're trained to break those fights up, right? Um, but the safety officer department, that's sort of a different thing. They could go respond to individual incidents at the schools or whatever. Um, and that, that tension, that debate of how do you provide more security while also making sure that people aren't getting shot around schools, mm -hmm. that's the that's the challenge, you know, and, and it's a situation for me where I wouldn't say I'm worried about my kids, um, but I'm worried about kids, right? I'm worried about the kids that, that um, I know really well and, and cover as well as all the other kids in the city. And it's, uh, it's just been a terrible time, frankly, for teenagers, this right. pandemic. It's like, we know so many kids who've had to, to quit playing sports because they had to get a job to support their family because their parents got laid off. Um, so many kids that 
my little brother was home, you know, for school, home from school all last year. So I had to kind of drop out to just watch my little siblings and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, then they get pushed, they get to go back to school. Most of them that I knew were very happy to go back to school, but it's brought this whole other rash of issues. And you just, if you work with teenagers, I think everyone's just like, we have to get these kids to a point where they're not in this survival mode, right? right. Where they can just relax, have fun, and not have to worry about every issue in society every time they walk out of the door, which which I think is what I've heard a lot of them are kind of feeling right now. Yeah, and that's definitely our responsibility as the adults. It's our responsibility to create that environment for them. And you touched on something that has always perplexed me, but it's been an ongoing issue. And now, now we're seeing it come to fruition based on what you've said and some conversations that I've heard that there's this disconnect between black and brown, which always troubles me. How do we start the dialogue? Forget the parents. Let's fix the kids. Let's make sure right. they know that we're in this together. How do we start that dialogue with our kids to let them know this is this isn't the way to go? Yeah. And I'm certainly not the right person to you know go about solving that issue, right. obviously. But but I would just say that. Um, it breaks my heart. We do, you know, covering athletes in Long Beach, um, black kids, Hispanic kids, th those are, that's the biggest population in Long Beach, obviously. So um, it breaks my heart every time this stuff comes up. And all I know is you can't fix anything until you face it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I go to a high school football practice and I talk to 50 kids, this is what the kids are all talking about. Mm -hmm. When we go to a school board meeting on Wednesday, is that what people are going to be talking about, it, right? Like, are we going to see public facing, not let's try and keep this quiet when it's, you know, making these kids li quite literally fear for their lives. Let's not think about it as a PR problem. Let's think about it as a spiritual crisis. Right. Like it has to be discussed um, among community leaders. I'm obviously not one, uh, but it needs to be something that's faced and discussed because um, it's, so much of what I hear actual kids talking about and so much of what their their worry for themselves and their concern is. So um, I don't know how we start, but I, to me, any problem we have, whether it's in my house or with the world, um, step one is always acknowledge the problem, face it, and then figure out a way forward. Absolutely. And just to be clear, because you, I believe you did the story on what... Um school safety officers can and cannot do just in yeah. case our listeners happen to miss that. Can you break that down on what their powers actually are? Yeah. So, um, a school safety officer is, uh, not a member of the Long Beach police department. They operate under a different set, uh, a different sort of operating manual. They're not supposed to fire at a vehicle, which this officer did. Um, but they are employees of the Long Beach unified school district. They are armed. They do go through what they call the post training, um, which is the same sort of basic level of training that police officers do. I think it was like 900 something hours of training. Um, they have to be certified through sort of completing that program. Um, and in talking to the school district, that was sort of what I was pushing them for is, it, you know, what's the difference here between these officers and the police, mm -hmm. right? Um, they are armed. Uh, they do work for the school district, so they have more knowledge of the schools and the floor plans and stuff. Um, I do understand from my reporting that they do tactical training um, for if they were to need to respond to a school shooting um, or an, a, another serious incident like that. So that's what they are. Um, they, per the LBUSD's regulation, they do not arrest people, but they are allowed to detain them 
while the LBPD is sort of investigating and moving towards a decision on arresting or not. Um, and that's sort of what their role is. And, and they're kind of between, I mentioned the unarmed CSAs that work on the campuses where if you go to a high school, you go by this person every day, right? Mm -hmm. Like they work in your school. They're sort of part of the school uh, campus. Um, and then there's the Long Beach Police Department. And obviously everyone who works with kids, you're trying to prevent like a police presence on campus as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So these school safety officers are meant to be sort of the intermediary option there for, hey, we have a serious issue. We need to call someone in for backup here. Or we had a report that a student brought a gun to school. We need someone to investigate. Like that's sort of the middle ground that they're operating in. Got it. All right. Well, we coming up next are going to speak to someone who was actually at the protest on uh, Sunday and she works for the Long Beach School Board, so school district. She works for the Long Beach School District and she had a very strong message for those who are out there protesting this situation. So we're going to hear that next. Stay with us. The Word on Long Beach is brought to you by Community Hospital Long Beach. Community Hospital is now open, serving the community since 1924 and singularly focused on providing patients with the very best in healthcare services. Community Hospital, restored, reopened, reimagined. And Cambrian Home Care. Cambrian Home Care has been assisting individuals to stay independent in their homes for 25 years. Flexible experience you can trust when the best place is still at home. To learn more, please visit cambrianhomecare.com. Once again, welcome back to The Word on Long Beach. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. Again, do not forget, this podcast is specifically for you. It's for the community. It's a crazy world that we live in. So if there's anything in your world that has been overlooked or you think it needs more attention, please email me at Jackie, which is J-A-C-K-I-E at lbpost.com. Or you can find me anywhere on social media at jraythefanatic. Feel free to DM me. I do respond to everyone. So I would love to get involved in anything you feel is important in your community. Now we're going to stay on this Mona Rodriguez situation. I do believe this is a big story in our community and I feel like it impacts us all in some way. There was a protest on Sunday. It was in front of the Long Beach Police Department and it was activists out basically calling for the arrest and prosecution of the Unified School District officer who has been identified as Eddie Gonzalez. This is an understandable reaction to this situation. Now, before I went to the protest, I did get on social media. I just wanted to gauge how people were feeling about this. I thought I was going to see a tremendous amount of sadness. And while I did see that, I didn't see all of that. I saw a lot of victim blaming people saying if she hadn't gone up to the school, this wouldn't have happened. If she hadn't initiated a fight, this wouldn't happen. So I just needed to take a moment and I want to make sure that everyone understands the term due process. That is an important term that everyone needs to understand. That is not a term that applies to nuns who pray all day, give back to the community, cook meals for the community, and then go back to bed. That's not who due process is for. Due process is for people who have a lapse in judgment or commit a crime either intentionally or unintentionally. It is supposed to make sure that punishment fits the crime. Death does not fit the crime for a fist fight. There is no argument for that. 
The cause is the fight. The effect is standing before a judge. So I'm, I need to make sure everybody understands that because this is not, this is the mentality that has created this situation where we continually see officers abuse their power. It is fundamentally wrong. So I'm hoping that we can understand that and believe in and trust in due process. Because if you don't trust in due process, then the justice system in its entirety is flawed. The protest on Sunday in front of the police department was an issue for me because again, this is not a police officer. I understand this looks and feels similar to things that we have seen over and over and over again, but it's not the same thing. Activist Najee Ali organized the event and he had several other people there to speak. But the first person to speak was Valerie Garcia. She's a family, she's a family friend of Mona's boyfriend and she said she helped raise Mona. And she understands that Mona should not have gone up to the school and she addressed that in her speech. But she was a very, very loving girl. And she's she's just not that bad type of what they're trying to say. You know, her fighting the 15-year-old and um, going to initiate it. And her boyfriend going to initiate it. That's not the case here. That is not the case. And it doesn't matter if these teenage kids are fighting. There's... there's um. There's protocol. There's there's a way right. to deal with these children, right. especially these uh, safety, these school safety officers. They don't have the degrees and what right. it takes to to um, to school these children and teach them, and, and, you know, and help them when they're in time of need. As far as fighting, you know, there was a lot of bullying. There's a lot of bullying periodly that goes That's on right. at these high schools, okay? Not to mention the middle schools, but this was a high school that we're talking about. And 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 the bullying, the bullying was going on. Mona wasn't even in school anymore, you know? And and this 15-year-old, if if you really think about it, there's two sides to every story yeah. and the, that little girl should have got more help from the safety officer. Right. He should have took her into his care, put her in that cop car, right. and took her to safety and called the police department. But he conducted and did this on his own That's because right. you know why? Because that man had much anger and rage inside of his heart for those children. That's I'm right. sorry, but but from the videos and everything that I know, and especially Mona's Mona's background, who she who she who she was, I, I cannot, I can only say that that man murdered Mona Rodriguez. That's right. it, period. I also spoke with Najee Ali, who is the social activist that organized the event. And he says it is important for people who are not from Long Beach to show support to make sure this is handled properly. I know you're not from Long Beach. I know you don't have a direct connection to the family. Why is this important for you to be here today? I have a daughter. My daughter could be easily shot and killed just as Mona Rodriguez was unjustly if people who aren't from Long Beach don't support the leadership in Long Beach to demand justice, justice is the arrest and prosecution of this Long Beach public safety officer for shooting an unarmed woman in the back of her head through the back window of a car, which is outrageous. Have you spoken with the family? I've uh, given my condolences to the family, uh, both families, and uh, certainly uh, I know they're mourning and going through a rough time, but everyone should wrap their arms around the family and give them as much support as possible. Because I said earlier, I don't care what happened uh, before she got shot. The most important thing is she was shot unarmed and unjustly by a school public safety officer through the back window of a car, which is outrageous. 
What's do? You, why is the family not present and with this protest today? Well, I can't speak for the family, but obviously they're in mourning. They're doing what they need to do right now. Uh, so the most important thing is not who, who's not here. The most important thing is who is here. And that's several dozen Long Beach residents and other supporters to demand justice on behalf of Mona Rodriguez and her family. I've got to be honest, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. This is an impossible situation for me to imagine. I do believe the demand for justice is necessary, but it should be done in conjunction with the family and in a way that doesn't increase their pain. I don't know if this does, but if they're not ready to begin this movement, then we might be better served to see what action they feel comfortable taking and when. It is important to note that while I was there, I did go live on Instagram, and at which time I received a direct message from a young lady named Jerlene Tatum, and she wanted me to make sure to note that Najee Ali does not speak for the family or anyone involved in the situation surrounding Mona Rodriguez. I want to make sure I, I get that out there. Now, several of the speakers there spoke about police misuse of power, and they told stories about how their loved ones' lives were taken. They were unarmed, and those lives were taken by police officers both in Compton and here in Long Beach. However, I also had an opportunity to interview Ramona Burton. Now, she actually works security for the Long Beach Unified School District. And while she thinks justice is needed in the situation, she wants to make sure people do not leave out a key point. Someone needs to be held responsible for this, this young lady's life being taken. Um, we keep referring to the school safety officer as a police officer, and we want to make it a police issue. This is a Long Beach Unified School District employee issue, as far as I'm concerned. He's not hired by the police department. He's hired by the school district. And they need to be held accountable and take responsibility for his action. And it seems like we're separating the school district from this issue. And they need to be the first one that's speaking more about this issue and not sweeping it underneath the rug. They had that safety officer out on the street, not the police department. So we should be demanding issues. We should be demanding answers from Long Beach Unified School District. Do you believe the safety officers that are in our public school system should be armed? I can't say either way, but they should be properly trained. Um, this hasn't happened in 30 years in, in, in Long Beach Unified School District. He was new, supposedly he just got hired January 2021 of this year. So why would a new school safety officer Okay, if we want to say he's a police officer, usually a police officer doesn't ride alone for what, a year, maybe? So why was this officer alone? Where was any staff from the school? The school hadn't been dismissed any longer than 20 minutes. On the video that I, that I saw, there was no school personnel out there. There's a level of security unarmed on every high school campus. Where were they? He had no he had no help. Where was his backup from school personnel? So should should they be armed? Well, they have been armed for a number of years now and never had this problem.
Now, as Mike mentioned earlier, there is a school board meeting on Wednesday, but ultimately I agree with Ramona Burton. This is not a police issue, but the circumstances are so similar that I do understand why people feel the need to equate them as the same problem that we see time and time again in police departments throughout our country. At the time of this recording, Mona Rodriguez is still on life support and the family is preparing to donate her organs, which I think is an incredibly beautiful and kind gesture to do something like that to help people prolong their lives when the life of your loved one has been taken. I always commend people that do that. I know that's an extremely difficult thing to do. So I just want to commend them for that. And of course, we are going to be following this story very closely as it develops. And I just personally want to take a moment and send my love and my concern to the family of Mona Rodriguez and advise you to stay off social media. I think people continually miss it. This is not the first time something like this has happened. People say, oh, if they just comply or if they just did that, that is not the issue. Your day in court should never be denied from you. It should never be taken from you. And I am sorry for the things that are being said on social media. Though I am not saying it, I would like to apologize on behalf of people who simply don't know better because I think you deserve better in this time of grieving. And my apologies for people who are just not being kind. That is my show for today, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on The Word on Long Beach. Make sure you are good to each other. Stay safe, and I will see you next week.